This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Here we are again. Hi, everyone. It's your host, Peter Kim. And this is Unji Kim. And welcome back to the Ajma Show. Um, we're sorry that it has been on and off, but you know our lives right now. Unji is fully pregs. Um, I've been traveling around. We're having computer issues. Everything is bad. But, but, but we're here. We're here and we're, we're coming here. to you. And, and, and thank I you got for a new coming computer. Back. I got a new computer. I'm back. I'm She's with it. I'm among the living. Yes. I truly, you know, it's it is a symptom of my mental illness, like how bad I will tolerate things to get. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, right. I just, you know, even with my last Android phone, I was like, it wasn't fully charging. It was this, it was that. I was just like, yeah, if I just hold it up here, I can mm-hmm. still receive some messages. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, our audiences have been getting no messages because <laughs> we have not uploaded the last episode. Yes. So that you will be getting 247. Yes. This one's 248. And just a reminder that after 250, we're taking a break. I know it seems like we've already taken a break, but we really have to take a break. Um, even Megan the Stallion needs a break. So here we are. Okay. <laughs> we're going to jump right into it. It's our section called Kick Ass Koreans. Key. My Kick Ass Korean this week is Gina Kim. She is a filmmaker, producer. She's produced um, her latest uh, documentary film called Rising Against Asian Hate One Day in March. And it is a co-production by WNET, PBS, um, Center for Asian American Media, Corporate Corporation for Public Broadcasting. It's a whole... Th- okay, she's the executive producer. TTU is the director. It is um, going back to the... Atlanta shootings and all the um, uprising in Asian hate crimes and abuse and harassment um, that our fellow a- Asian Americans have been receiving throughout the fucking country. Um, so I'm excited to see that there is a concerted, quote, Hollywood effort. This is more public broadcasting effort, but still. And um, it's narrated by none other than Emmy-nominated actress Sandra Oh. And um, it is uh, the the music is composed by John Baptiste and Grammy nominated musician Corey Wong, who is um, my partner Eric's favorite musician and uh, dream musician to collab with. So Corey Wong, if you're listening, hit us up. Um, the trailer is released. You can find it all over the YouTube's and the internets. Uh, it's a very powerful trailer. Uh, it's a 36 second trailer. Go check it out. And it premieres Monday, October 17th, 9, 8 central. Uh, you can find out more at pbs.org slash rising against Asian hate. Yeah. Lots of cool Koreans doing shit there. Okay. Who's your kick-ass Korean? My kick-ass Korean is um, a, another poli- uh, just a politician, uh, Sharon Chung. Hmm. She is the first Asian-American elected to McLean County Board. It's in central Illinois. If you know anything about Illinois, centrally or southernly, you know that it is deeply white, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, aggressively white. Yeah. Um, 
And so for her to speak up and be able to, and the thing is, I feel like we've talked about it on this pod a fair amount where there is a bit of like an awakening happening in our uh, community regarding political engagement. Mm -hmm. And there is a vanguard of like Gen X, people that are like basically 10 years older than us or about our age, really, if I'm being honest, like Mm. people, Gen X or elder millennials that are becoming more engaged and realizing how important our involvement is in politics. And so I just wanted to highlight her. She's one of the first Asian Americans um, inside of the inside of central Illinois, anywhere really <laughs> in the Midwest. <laughs> and it's like, it's happening at a very local level. So, I mean, this is the thing inside of this article about her, she quote, I try not to make it a thing. It's very obvious I'm Asian. I don't need to draw attention to the fact that I'm Asian. But after the Atlanta uh, shootings, she felt compelled to speak up the mm. same way that a lot of the a lot of us had to sort of come to our own reckoning about our identity, especially if you were in very white spaces, a lot of Midwestern Asians, specifically Southern Asians. When you don't have a community, you learn how to assimilate much more quickly. And so learning to speak up in, in the wake of so much Asian hate and um, Asian hate crimes during the pandemic and post-Trump, th- this is the sort of reckoning. I think we called it, did we call it the awakening in that episode? <laughs> I don't know if we did, but we should have. <laughs> what did we call it? I remember there was a name for it, but um, yeah. maybe it was the awakening. I don't know. It sounds cool. Um, so I'm going to say we said that. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I wanted to highlight her because it's the thing is like her initial foray into public service was not about her identity. Um, she didn't feel compelled to talk about it. It probably it, at the time that she came into it felt like a disadvantage, especially in central Illinois. Mm. But then feeling compelled after Atlanta to have to speak up about it feeling compelled and in spite of all of her self-preservation instincts to go out to advocate for our community and for herself and her identity. That's my kick-ass Korean for the week. Awesome. Kia! We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, lots to catch up on. Once yes, again, please. just a quick reminder that we are taking a break after 250, um, the episode number 250, and we'll be taking a break for the holidays. Unji's going to pop out a baby. I'm going to pop out some scripts, and we're going to rejoin in 2023. Yes. So just a quick reminder so that you guys aren't like going nuts when you stop receiving um, new downloads. Like It will come till 250, and then we're going to take a break. We might upload some past episodes, etc. Anyway, back to the show. Oh, and also, quick, quick, quick shout out to Eugene Lee Yang for giving us the most perfect face and (laughs) ensemble to deal with mediocre white fuckery that the he and the try guys have um uh, have been dealing with and okay so last week's episode we talked about the try guys and not 
me personally not understanding what the BFD was. Yeah. About their friend having an affair. Um, and then because <laughs> Peter's always cool with it, just FYI. Your friend. <laughs> I just don't think it should be news. I don't care that people, your interpersonal issues about cheating on your wife, it's not news to me. But, um, and, and I thought, and this is, I'm going to be super, um, you know, cancelable right now. Ooh, I we love were, these moments. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan here. Um, yeah. We love moments when Peter teeters so closely to ruining a show business career. Yeah, the one that has not lifted off yet. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, last week I was talking about like the, if you guys don't know, go check it out. It's all over Twitter. It's all over the YouTube. It's like the Try Guys came out with their version of like what happened, quote, right? And they're talking about like, they were so dramatic about how their friend betrayed them and they were surprised by this and she's a um a subordinate and this is not the values of the try guys or right. um you know ergo buzzfeed or whatever the fuck right so <laughs> and you were explaining to me that you and i are too old to be influenced by the try guys because we didn't really know them but yeah. the youth they grew up with the try yes. guys and trying yeah. try guys and trying the things they tried so they felt very attached emotionally to these people um, yeah i mean it's like they the buzzfeed was the culture right <clears throat> it was listicle city and everybody yes. was reading it and they broke whatever trump thing anyway and now they do hard-hitting investigative journalism so yeah into which <laughs> french fries are worth a hundred dollars or whatever yeah. the fuck right or is that eater la anyway yeah that's so eater LA. that's eater la just long form investigative <laughs> <journalism>. <laughs> great they've Crazy. become vice junior it's now, truly yeah good for them i yeah. hope they win some kind of peabody soon what kind of pivot is this all right my point is that you were explaining to me that I wouldn't understand it, or you and I wouldn't understand the importance, the mega cultural mm -hmm. importance of Try Guys. And I was making fun of them. And then the SNL skit came out yeah. and they did exactly what I was making fun of them about or like being like flabbergasted about. Yes. And they got absolutely fucking panned and dragged on the internet uh -huh. for being insensitive, being a shitty, being bad at comedy as they usually are. All the comments came out. And they were dragging the uh, SNL writers for taking this take, right? Or or yeah. or whatever, like making fun of the victims. And I'm like, I just don't understand who the victim is. Why are these three boys, three guys, the victim? Like one mega snatched gay country, Eugene <laughs> Lee Yang, and two boys in striped t-shirts from Old Navy sitting there in like cargo shirts. Like what? Who is the victim? I don't understand. Why are we getting so upset about us making fun of how they approached this video? It was so funny. Eugene was overdressed. The other two looked like schlubs. And they were... And they were <laughs> he you, looks like he came straight from like a fashion runway. He's going dancing the on it with the stars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From the future. Like, yeah. Like he's like, like he, he was beamed down from like a different planet onto on Star Trek. And maybe and they should... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe they should have like leaned into how overdressed Eugene was because... <laughs> 
that was the ridiculosity. But yes. they they leaned into the fact that like these three adult men were almost at the brink of tears about their straight friend cheating on his wife. Kissing and another lady. Kissing another lady. How could you? And I was like, I and I thought the skit was funny because I was like, this this is stupid, skit? right? Skit. Or whatever, a sketch. And <laughs> And they, <laughs> I've been away from too long. And yeah. <laughs> how dare I? Anyway, um, speaking of skits, Second City New York is opening, apparently. I can't even. I yeah, can't even. anyway. We gotta, um, we gotta put this out. That's, a, that that's, out a, different, that's yeah. a different episode. But anyway, so they they got absolutely dragged on, in, on Twitter because of this. And, all, and I was just reading all the comments on their posts, on their like SNL video posts. And it was so many people saying like, this is so tasteless. How dare you? Blah, blah. And I was like, I still didn't understand. And I was like, some people were saying like, she's an employee. Like he, and I was like, okay. It's not like he went up to her in a Xerox machine and touched her butt. Like yeah. <laughs> they are in a consensual relationship to this adults. Is office this is an office romance. Yeah. And, and, an office and romance. I guess the wife, Ned, Mrs. Falmer yeah. also worked at BuzzFeed. Yes. Which makes it um, weird. But it yeah. doesn't make it illegal. It doesn't make it... it, it I, okay. I don't want to sound like a fucking uh, Gen Xer hater or whatever, but help me understand this. Help I, me I get agree. it. I will say that like the overwrought nature of the language of... Therapy being Ugh. weaponized in this Stop way. Stop saying trauma. Stop saying You're trauma. not traumatized. Stop Your legs trauma. didn't get blown up. And then someone else was like, excuse me, trauma means, Oxford Dictionary says, anything that happened to anyone that makes them feel scared to do it again, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I understand the generalized definition yeah. of trauma, but do you not understand that you're using this word it's like it's like using the word literally instead of figuratively. You know what I yes. mean? It's like people are like, no, but this is what that means. It's like, okay, then we're gonna need another word for my youngest brother who was traumatized from being a vet, a marine. Yes. Because yes. what's that word? Like you can't use, oh my god, you betrayed my trust and you slept with your coworker, your subordinate. That's consensual. Like, okay, there might have been like behind the scenes stuff about like her getting things that she wouldn't have or whatever, like favoritism. But all, all of that is none of our fucking business. That's not people have it's, personal business. Let people, let it be personal. Also, this doesn't have like, to be public. This is an HR issue for them. Yes. This is not news. This so has it's like, nothing it's, to do also, with us. I, was, I mean, like, dairy traumatizes my butthole. I'm not putting dairy on blast in this way. It is my <laughs> own choice that I, you know what I mean? Like, And you don't call yourself a victim of dairy. <laughs> I do. But I, <laughs> <laughs> You're the aggressor. <laughs> I am actually the aggressor. <laughs> and I am victim blaming. <laughs> But, I mean, and I hate just, to be that person who's like, oh, stop playing the victim and blah, blah. But like, guys, this is a bunch of BuzzFeed B-level celebrities having interpersonal issues. Like, you calling them B-level? I would say C. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> besides, who who else knows anyone besides Eugene Lee Yang out of those t people? No, you can't. I can't even name the other two. And, and yeah. it's not because they dress frumpy or whatever. It's like, 
I don't know. I might be really dating myself. And if I am, I apologize. And if you guys feel like I'm coming for your faves, apologies. But I really need you, whoever's upset, to write to us, ajumashow at gmail.com, or tweet at us or whatever, and just calmly explain it to me because I really don't get why we are upset. Yeah, I mean, I will say that there's something about the weaponization of therapeutic terms that is particularly distasteful to me. The trauma of it. Yes. The, I, and, and the fact that um, victimization and her being uh, used. I mean, when you talk about a power dynamic and anyone that works in this capacity or in, in this industry knows that she as a producer is kind of an employee, kind of like not, kind of a partner, like a project base, like I don't know if she's even a W-2 sort of thing. I'll, you, you know what I mean? Like when you're bringing on producers on a project by project basis, like was she technically an employee of the, and even if she was a producer level person in the capacity in which she worked, it's not like Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. It's not... <laughs> It's that she was like, she wasn't a fucking intern. She Matt Fulmer is not the president of the U.S., I mean, okay? That, exactly. He's he not, is one-fourth of a try guy. Like He's one. He's, he was one of a, I mean, it's just, the power dynamic there is, it's not, like, between two consenting adults, it does not feel as fraught or as disparate as, you know, if she was even much younger, I might even think this was a victimization. Sure, yeah. this is a teachable They're like similarly or, aged. Yes, this is entirely appropriate. This is salacious. And they're making out at the club. Like, they clearly do not care about being caught. We don't know anything about the inner workings of him and his wife and what they it's, have. That's the other part. Why that's are we assuming part. heteronormative monogamy? Exactly. That, that's, the, that's the other part of it that I, I, was, get, sorry, I was getting <sighs> to is that, yes, it is entirely so fucking straight, so heteronormative to be so appalled. The entire outrage, by the way, is actually incredibly puritanical. Yes, it really, really is. It's like kinda, it's the youth like bringing on this puritanical like, what about your promise to God and to us through please, your through three through your character, whatever? Please, like, yeah. God? And every, my every, God? Who? My Who's God? God? Who? God's alive? I thought God was dead. <laughs> my God is Celsius and TikTok, baby. Like, I mean, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I don't like, get it. Who, and, the, who? and who's hurt here besides the possibly the wife? But like, we don't know. Also, we don't know what they have going on. And listen, I would say that like my level of trust and my parasocial relationships are with different people. And there you I would go. Say, That's exactly what it is. Yes. And I would say that even in that context with the person, I would say like, I have the closest sort of parasocial relationship with that I would feel betrayed by some sort of transgression morally. Who would it be for you? Um, Sandra O. Oh? You know what? I've honestly, uh, Sarah Kading. I don't know. Um, who's the who does from who NPR? Hosts? Yeah. <laughs> Who hosts the daily? Um, <laughs> Ezra Klein. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, he's the other one. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have those kind of relationships. And maybe that's like a younger millennial Gen Z thing where they emotionally tie themselves to public figures. But I just don't do that. I think everyone is shit. And I don't celebrate anyone in that way. And I don't think we should. I think we should like people's art and we should be inspired by music and whatever the fuck you consume. But I don't think we have to deify people who create. Like, this is stupid. This is, it's like, and also like, okay, this is kind of like parallel to what's going on in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week. Crystal Kong is being um, outed, not outed, but like um, confronted about, she's a millennial, clear millennial. She's 39 in the show. And she, mm-hmm. um, and everyone's like over 60 or whatever the fuck. And they're all like, ew, you're so young, blah, blah. And she's using these, a lot of like trauma and blah, blah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, at the end of the episode, she talks about like how Kathy Hilton um, went up to a DJ and requested Michael Jackson and the DJ was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And she got upset and started throwing a fit. And Crystal was what? like, and Crystal was like, um, yeah, I mean, maybe these old bitches don't know that it's not, it's like uncouth or whatever yeah. to request. And then uh, Andy Cohen was like, oh, is it like weird to do that? And then she was like, yeah, duh. And then all the other women were like, why? Why? I don't understand. Because of the, the, the alleged stuff. Like he was cleared. He was cleared. And I'm like. Yeah, but that documentary came out way after he died. Yeah. Did you not watch it about like? I did not, but I believe. I believe. I I watched all four and a half hours, and I was disgusted. I I I was absolutely disgusted. And these these women still, yeah, these women did not watch and do not believe. So they're like, "What the fuck?" So like, there's clearly a cultural divide, and maybe that's happening between us and these youngins who are upset about Ned and his wife. And I'm really like, I went up to Eric and I was stunned. I was like. I'm having trouble digesting this because I've never been on the quote the wrong side of history. And what? I feel, and I feel really? <laughs> Get in the water. It's warm. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't think I have I mean maybe I I probably have it I just don't know. Oh, and been, um uh, maybe so I, maybe you I'll pay for it later. To, you want to go to episode whatever when we're talking about no, no. When you're talking about your how to uh, fight off COVID without getting the yeah. vaccine, yeah, no thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I knowingly, I've never knowingly been on the other side sure. uh, of of the cultural fabric of what's going on pop culture. I don't think, I've I don't always think like understood ever like that. Yeah, but this time I am knowingly on the other side. I'm like, I. I'm having trouble understanding. I really am. Especially where the youth is so like polyamory, everyone's non-binary, everyone's like queer. Like it's like, why are we so upset about this white man and this white woman and their white straight uh marriage? What is it? Yes. It's not our business. It is not I, our business. I think there's a difference between listening to Michael Jackson at the club uh, and like not acknowledging the truth versus a social um, 
contract and attitude that's prevailing right now that seems so deeply at odds with like it is puritanical. Like this would not fly in France. What if no Mrs. in Mrs. France Mrs. they'd be like they would go okay yeah, yeah. they're like great. Like, I mean these mores are actually exceedingly puritanical and run counter to Gen Z ethos. Right. Like I think that's part of it that feels like we as um, millennials. Like I feel like I am hip to and understand and are aligned philosophically with a lot of Gen Z shit. Bergardi, Absolutely. A hundred percent. But Progression, this is where they lose me. This they, is where they truly lose me. You lost me when, on Ned Fulmer. Okay. It is a, it's a specific Congrats, type of Gen woke, Z. It's a very specific type of woke policing that I simply do not understand about Instagram and YouTube celebrities where like we're what? Like Did you I hear about that- Brad Pitt fucking that's spilling I mean. beer on his kids on a private plane like that's drama but they're, they're not they're, shaking they're, angelina's like, jolie around by her neck that's but, trauma but, but that's the thing is like their parasocial relationship with brad pitt very different than yes. with so yes. like these expectations i guess they don't care about brad pitt because he's not that's even, what it comes down to this they don't have this like intimate <laughs> emotional so expectation yes yeah. And this relationship with a person that they see much more frequently than outside of a blockbuster movie. And so because people... Interesting. And that's how I look at celebrities is like Brad Pitt. Like you're just... You have this online social, parasocial relationship. They're like on your phone through content that you're constantly digesting and it's constantly updated. Mm. It's much more intimate of a relationship. Interesting. So the betrayal is way higher for them. I I guess. I have no idea. Like Brad Pitt for me. I mean, Brad Pitt was my sexual awakening, and now I, you know, he's a fucking. I mean, this came out like in 2016 where they were trying to sell the winery or whatever the fuck. And now, like, (laughs) all these, like, details are coming out. I didn't know he was, like, doing all that. And now it makes me go, like, do I want to watch Bullet Train? Like, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, like, for me, I just, like, I'm like you. I've never had expectations of my artistic heroes because all my artistic heroes, I never saw them as. People. Uh, people, people yeah. that I had to emulate, worry or about, put, yeah, or put on a on a pedestal with regard to morality. Yeah, like, I I have always like Miles Davis was not a good person. James Brown was not a good person. No, like, and we stories, love them for that. Exactly. Like, so where are we holding this line? And it seems like with the Gen Z stuff, like I do, they do lose me with this shit with online woke policing about morals where I'm like well but so then if his wife had come out and been like and and what and what and I fucked her too yeah what are you gonna do is that the only way this feels okay people (laughs) aren't willing to make you know what I mean like it's just like there are mistakes that people make it's like feels so much more puritanical than I think they realize yeah it's all like Joan of Arc burn her at the stake like there's no room for anything like Especially with, like, a straight marriage. Like, how much more boring can we get? It's it's so boring. My God. This is, like... Find something else. What this guy did is exactly the same thing that's happened to three to four of my actual friends. Like, (laughs) like, who cares? (laughs) Like, and? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, right, like well, everyone, I, I will say that almost also, not only 
that this end the same way that a lot of my friends' marriages have ended. But also, let me tell you, that iCloud syncing fucked every single one of these marriages. All of them... (laughs) (laughs) Don't be on a family cloud plan, I'll tell you that. (laughs) All of them... I got text messages showing up on the wrong iPad uh-huh. at the wrong moment because they're standing too fucking close to it. And I'm telling you, this is, you know, it's just, it's so boring. Boring. I'm bored. I can't even, no. I literally was like, New York Times, do I really need to push notification about this? Hell, oh my God. What's going on in Florida? Exactly. What's happening? What Inflation? <sighs> Russia? I think there's ethnic cleansing happening. Something like, else? Yeah. yeah. Can I? Can you do give me some news here? Surely. I'm so... I mean, so with that being said, the fact that this broke through to me, New York Times, Twitter, whatever, tells me that it is a big deal. That just because I don't think it's a big deal doesn't mean it's not a big deal. I so, think it is not a big deal. <laughs> I think... <laughs> to, to us, but it was enough for a push notification is what I'm saying. I think the way that the culture is reacting to it is of note. It's like, this is going to be a moment. This is Terry Schiavo. This is a, like, oh, like, uh, Lorena Bobbitt. Like, this is like a story that otherwise... <laughs> Lorena a, Bobbitt um, is a story. The man's dick was cut off after he assaulted her. Like, right. that's a story. That the, but the way that the society and cultural moment responded to it and vilified yeah. her. I mean, like, this is like what I mean. Like, this is much see, more I indicative see. of what's happening in our culture. When yeah. we look back on this and there's a chapter on Try Guy Scandal, <laughs> this will be it. I mean, it's going to be that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the back half of every social studies book that you never get to by the end of the year because you go mm. to a public school. And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you you will never get to slavery. You never. <laughs> you only. I mean, like, you know, the back part of like we're 60s and stuff like that. I feel like the next part of this chapter in the social studies will be um, like, you know, cheese can has cheeseburger meme. And then like, you know, it's, you know, whatever that frog was. And then this scandal, you know, because it's like it's so indicative of what's happening in the culture. It is really like zeitgeisty. Like, and I think I think that's why I I have certain feelings about it, because I feel for the first time at uh, you know, approaching 40, that I feel outside the zeitgeist. And uh, that's, I think, what I am responding to uh-huh. because I want to desperately understand. Sure. But in, in internally, I just can't bring myself to care about this. So anyway, I'd love to, like, have a conversation with someone who's, like, desperately hurt by this situation to understand <laughs> what is happening okay but in the meanwhile thank you eugene Li yang for a beautiful meme and um for just laying it <laughs> everywhere you Surely. go but being so extremely <laughs> extra in the next two like two guys who look like they're going on a run to target and a man i know <laughs> The man who's like walking the Venice fashion show. <laughs> like he looks like he's at a, a model party in the movie Zoolander. And then <laughs> And those two are working at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, anyway, how was your week this week? Update us on what's been going on in your life. Oh, I am I you know, I got I finally got a so there was like three days where I had absolutely no computer. And like my <laughs> I just had no computer. I just had a phone. And I'm realizing that our country 
I think I'm getting to a point where it's like, not only do we need free healthcare, we do need to give out laptops. Like it is so <laughs> okay. fundamental. No, it's so fundamental. Like even if you're just a parent, like h- how you communicate to your school, like you receiving emails from shit, like you need a laptop. Like you need Why a laptop least... and not a phone or an iPad? You're just saying any machine that can do emails? Emails and also there's just some shit that you you really can't do as well on the phone. Like even if you if you're in a situation where you only have a phone, it's just Yeah, it's hard to like attach files and shit like that. Yes, and like and it and you just can't it's just you need a fucking computer. Yeah. And like, you know, in my own life, when I think back on sort of like life-changing moments and stuff like a hundred percent i remember i was trying to find a job uh my computer was also again broken like it's the same sort of situation where like i've been i've done this a lot i was realizing like i've i always hold on to a computer where like i will i'm like oh oh." like the only way that it works is if it's plugged in at this specific outlet using this thing with a duct tape and if it's tied up (laughs) could you stand over there holding it up and then like i as i i hold on to computers like like that and there was a period in my life where I had no computer. I this is like two thousand and I guess four or five, and my now husband bought me a computer. This is like maybe oh my a year. God. I know it's like a year and a half into our relationship. Can you imagine? He was just like, "This is so sad." Like we had not. I mean, know, if I had bought someone a computer, I would have married them too. I'd be like, "Bitch, I'm getting that money back somehow." <laughs> But he bought it for me, and it was like changed my life. Yeah, like, in two thousand four, a computer was like a thousand dollars. This is what you mean. Yeah, and it was like it changed my life. Like I could apply for jobs, so that yeah. I could actually, you know, like because you need to actually do it. Because at that time, your phone wasn't good enough. No, you had a StarTac. You got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a Nokia. Yeah. Like I could. Not <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, like it changed my life, and. Being without a computer this week, it just made all these like inequities. Like if you just have an extra 600, 700 bucks mm-hmm. and you can spend it, you can do it. Like I still do find myself, I find it hard sometimes to still step out of it and be like, no, your life is exponentially worse because you refuse to do this. Mm. You know, your life is, and you don't need to. Yeah, you, you like to struggle. You're like my partner. Eric loves to do everything the hard way. I'm like, why? What is happening? The, okay, I don't know how you are with email. Like, I'm the opposite. When I text or email, yeah. I text, I respond so fast because yeah. A, I have no patience. And B, I don't like seeing that little red thing on my icon, on my app icon, saying, like, how many messages on red? Okay. Yeah. Eric has fifty six thousand three hundred and twenty one, and ah! I have zero. Like I have to get it down to zero, or like it's my own anxiety. Like I yeah. can't look at that. And they designed it that way. Why else would they make it red? It's mm-hmm. to make make you feel alert and emergent. Like there's something happening, and you have to get to it. So I res- I'm the opposite. Where like I take forever. I mean I I I'm sorry. I um. Never take a second to like double read an email. I'll respond fast. I'll have typos. <laughs> I'll respond to the wrong person. Like it'll, but it's being responded to. Yes. Eric takes hours on yes. one text. Hours because he's like, 
do I say it this way? Do I see it that way? Does this sound like I'm being weird or blah, blah? And he's just like mulling it over. He, he actually uses the drafts. He puts emails in drafts and like waits for 24 hours and then like reads it over again. And I'm like, what, what? the fuck? Just send it. I can't. Why are you taking so long to yeah. go over this thing? And it turns out it's because like he's in his head going like, what if I say the wrong thing? Sure. And I, in my mind, that thing is cut out. Yeah. There's no, there's never a second thought of me going, am I saying the wrong thing? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> or am I going to hurt someone's feelings? Or am I, <laughs> is this the wrong way to approach this? Like I am literally never thinking twice. I rarely think. I'm mostly just compulsion and impulse. React. react. Yeah. That's it. Whatever's in front of me, I react to it and I'm done. I, wow. Do I get into trouble that way? 100%. Sure. But I don't, but I don't, I never see a red mark saying message or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I never, <laughs> you know, like when you, when things like email you and you're like, oh, this is junk. I should unsubscribe. Yes. Do you unsubscribe immediately or do you wait? I wait. I I am I, I if if something comes in, like I am vengeful. I I press the unsubscribe button. I go into the thing, into the body of the email, zoom it out to make sure I could see the unsubscribe link. If there is none, I'll literally mark it as spam or junk, so yeah. I never see it again. Like I am vindictive about um <laughs> unsubscribes but you're 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 reacting immediately immediately you're addressing, yeah and for i'm me, fucking I'm a, pissed i don't <laughs> i'm actually both you add because i i will let things accumulate so i'll get to like 10 15 20 unreads and oh i wait and, yeah oh and then God. i wait I wait until like a specific time that I can reply to all of it. And then once I'm in that time, I, I act like you. I'm just like responding to like things that I'm like, it's like almost as if I'm, I actually haven't read any of the rest <laughs> of the message. Everything is new. <laughs> it's like, I'm asking questions I've already asked before. It's insane. And I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm just reacting. You lead a busier life. You have a human yeah. being you have to take care of. I have a lot of time. So no. I, I really no, do. I, I have time to just like, if I'm in the car, and I'm yeah. in traffic, I'm responding to emails. I shouldn't be. Great. I shouldn't it be. be. <laughs> it would be beneficial if I had a healthier dose, a, a, a little more of you in responding because I do agonize over things, but I don't do drafts. Like I'll think about it, I'll let it accumulate and then I'll have a time that I address it, but I, I mull it over. I, I agonize. I think and I draft it in my mind and then respond like I haven't been thinking about it at all. <laughs> It's so crazy. I don't think I've ever gone past. I I don't think I've ever touched a double digit on my mail icon. I think nine wow. is the longest I've gone before I've. So like, do you want to know? It's a, for me. I wake up every morning and I have over two hundred unreads. What? How? And do you know why? Because you don't I unsubscribe. Never, I don't unsubscribe. Why do you just love? feeling the, the, I, the, the, do you love the feeling of just getting something from someone? No, it's because I think that, um, I will finally receive an email from West Elm with the perfect coffee table. Wow. And the perfect price. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. always like, it's I, hoarder I, mentality. Yes. Yeah. One yeah, day something will happen and yes. I will need it. <laughs> yes. That's why. 
And all I do for the first 20, and it's like, it's almost like um, Zen-like where I'll just go through and I just like, I click all of them. All on, the marketing emails? I, I will do, click all on reds. Cause it's like two, 300. So I just have to, I click all on reds and then I'll uh -huh. filter through them and click the ones that I do want to keep. Which are like three or four, and then oh I delete God. all of them, and I just do a page after oh page. Oh my God! After page. And you don't unsubscribe. I do not unsubscribe. Oh my God! Had, what the I fuck? To, I I started doing it when <laughs> I was really in a healthier space. Uh, I started unsubscribing from a lot of uh, DNC emails because they were giving me anxiety. Oh, oh my God! So I started, uh, I started I started unsubscribing for a few of those. Um, you know, I'm still giving money, but I just unsubscribe from this. Email. Yeah, like, I don't want to. Like, I don't want the stock email from Biden going, "Hey, you haven't heard, haven't heard from you or your wallet in a while." Yeah. You know, it's just like we need fuck you. you. Yeah, we need you. Abortion is like you know what I mean. Like, it's yeah. just giving me so much. Identity. The Republicans are ruining democracy. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I watch the news. <laughs> don't be in my email. Like I was, one of them was like, um, I forget right after Roe. I forget which campaign sent this out, but literally it was like an email all lowercase to make it seem like it was your friend. And it was a headline. The email headline was, the subject was, I'm gay. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You're gay. I'm done. Unsubscribe. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I can't. I can't do this. That's like, too much. What exactly. Which what boomer ass like consultant is like, okay, this will get him. Yes. I'm like, this is, <laughs> like, what is the point? What's that? What what game are you playing, sir? Like, <laughs> Who did you fish with this? Who were you able to bring into your net with this? <laughs> so I have been unsubscribing oh, from those. They're so embarrassing. The Democratic Party is so embarrassing. Yes, I'm unsubscribing from those, but like worldmarket.com, honey, I'm with Hell you. no, you got a, <laughs> a rattan chair might come fall into my lap. That's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know what kind of interesting pillows you might have. I need you, and I I will stand with you until uh, your you you know my style changes, your style changes. I'll stand with you. I mean, I'm loyal like that. <laughs> Maybe uh, yeah. I, I I can't do that. There's like a part of me that's like it is my dad, where I when I see a marketing email. Uh -huh. <clears throat> or you know, it's even fucking worse. If any of you listening do this shit either to me or anyone else shame on you and cut it out <laughs> here's what it is I, and i know our listeners probably don't do this because they're good people but you and i have been part of email lists yes. where it's not like a male chimp sure. okay it, it's not like a thing that's through an app or a third-party service this person is usually on the older side uh -huh. Okay, older millennial Gen X to boomer side where they have compiled like in the olden days a Rolodex yes. of emails. Yes. And then they they send out an email once a month, once a quarter or whatever saying I have this thing coming up and blah blessings upon blah blah da 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 and here's whatever come to my show or like watch this thing I'm in on CBS right. the tonight at 8 7 central or whatever the fuck right and then they go if you'd like to stop um uh, receiving these just let me know and I'll I I'll delete you or whatever and I'm like don't put this on me you don't put this on me you're making me do work Okay. Don't don't make me tell you. Yeah, and what, I have to be the bad guy because I'm I'm going. I don't want to hear about your shit. Okay. Don't make me the bad guy. Just don't send it to me. 
And this person is going straight to junk. This person is spam. Okay? If you email me without an unsubscribe option and then tell me to reply to you in an email and tell you to cut it out, you're going to spam. And you should know better. You should fucking Ooh, know better. Unless it's like a birthday. Like, hey, it's my birthday. Having a thing. Come if yes. you can. BCC. Yes. Happy to receive something like that. Or like baby shower. Something like that where it's like, oh, you're. it's an invitation to something. Sure. I don't want an, a, a like mass marketing email. And then I have no way to unsubscribe besides be a fucking asshole to you. That sucks for me. That sucks for everyone. Don't do that. Just use MailChimp. It's a free 30-day trial. All right? And if you don't want to pay for, like, a mail service, don't send it out. Or, like, I don't know. You just got to stop with that. That's fucking awful. And I have, I've oh been, God. I've been doing, like, theater or acting or whatever yes. in so many cities now. San Francisco, Chicago, LA. Yes. So I'm part of all these people's, like, email list of, like, I'm still getting um, emails from some theater people in Chicago. I'm like, stop. Like, <laughs> and also, why aren't you sending it through your theater email or something like that? Why is it like your personal email and you're BCCing 190 of your friends? Like, <sighs> it's so upsetting. So please, just <laughs> quit it. I understand we all have to go out there and market ourselves, but there's a better way to do it. There must be a better way. Right. Anyway. I mean, I mean, there's some older people that continue to use email versus social media, and I do. I'm okay with that. I really yeah. am, as long as you can. It's not like a marketing thing, and it's not like it is like an invitation. Yeah. Not. I, I recently got an invite to someone's show, uh-huh. via email, uh-huh. and not as like a hey, I if you'd like to come, I have some comps for you. Sure. It's a ticket for a full pri- it's a link for a full price ticket. Uh-huh. And I said, "How dare you?" <laughs> <laughs> this is you and I have a certain amount of shame. Yes. That stops us from doing stuff like this. Like this is And it's not like it's different than like if you were like Unji Kim doing a one person show, you know, like the first time in years I'm doing this. Like sure. this is your like fourth like genre thing you did this month. You know what I mean? It's just like <sighs> I'm depleted. I really am. Because uh, you're because you're constantly replying because you're, you're depleted because you're constantly replying. <laughs> Should I just ignore do I just ignore? No, I mean I I would send that stuff to spam too, and I have I've unsubscribed. I've just been like, you know, if they don't have that option, it I, I flag it as spam as well. It's right? Just like, okay. I can't, because That's, you feel guilty as well. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to reply it. just to you and be like, hey, take me off. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Don't do make it. me do that. And, and that's the reason why they do it, though. That's the reason why it's like. Because you're going to guilt into not doing it. Of course. But, and then, I mean. Yeah. I'm yeah, not. whatever. I mean, and it's whatever. like the same thing with, like, I have a lot of people on my social media feed that I just mute because I can't handle it. Right. So I guess yeah, that's, that's like fine. a similar thing as muting. Yeah, it's yeah. muting, and it's and it's fine. I think it's I think that is a kind way to kinder way to handle it. I think, um, 
but yeah, I, I do actually wish that I was more like that in terms of your sort of virulent unsubscription uh, strategy. Like <laughs> your vindictive, aggressive unsubscription, <laughs> unsubscribe strategy. I don't like my inbox. Like, I don't like people emailing me. Yeah, you're very <laughs> tidy. No, you're tidy. Like, tight, like very, you're very tidy. You get rid of stuff. You don't. You don't hoard. You don't. Continue, I. You don't, I throw yeah. stuff away. I'm not. Yes, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. We're different in that way because yeah. I. I feel burdened. I think that's what it is. Like. And I, I feel, like to feel burdened. <laughs> 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 like I like the feeling of like oh right like I have the manual for this thing, and like if there's ever a time where our warranty, you know what I mean? Like it's happened to me two or three times oh where I, the warranty information really helped me. And I'm telling you, I haven't forgot that feeling. I, that's good for you. That's great. I, no, it's I, not good for me. No, it's yeah, because th- you have a good feeling. I I don't think I'll ever feel good about even if I like had a warranty thing work out. Yeah. Just looking at the pile of st- no, I'm gonna throw up already. We gotta move on. <laughs> we have to move on. <sighs> um. Anyways, that's the reason why I got a new computer. It was horrible with the three days without. And I'm just saying, Biden, if you, you have this like <laughs> debt forgiveness program, you got to I just start applied a, for that. Yeah. Yesterday. Oh, do you still, do you still have student loan debt? Yeah. How much? 40,000. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah, that is. But you're, I mean, you're, you're close. Like within the next 10 years, you can wipe that out. Yeah. And he, if you wanted to. Yeah. I, I've been not wiping it out. Yeah. Because of this very reason. Because yeah. I knew something was going to come down the pike. It's going to sure. be like a political thing that he, you know, he's obviously doing and yeah, yeah. good for us and it's going to be great. But um, which is why. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I just applied for that. Hopefully they knock 20K off because be I did get Pell Grants and it, it, yeah. I'll have 20 grand left and that'll be great. And I'll sit on that for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, the Pell Grants, <laughs> fuck them. I have fuck about, yeah. Pell. No. FAFSA, all of it. It's just like all these, all these like forms, by the way. They should give you a prize if you're able to fill those forms out. I oh, I had to get a consultant. Did you get like a Korean accountant to do all that for you? No, I just did that by myself. I mean, oh, God. I, me, oh, God. Me, and the guidance, me and the guidance counselor, who I'll never forget, helped me get to college by just like figuring this shit out. I went every day. It was fun. If you get, you should get, a, you should get a prize for just figuring that shit out. You should, like, because it, there was I mean, no way I was going to do it. No one, no one's preparing you for it's this. Impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Especially when you have like immigrant parents. Like oh, they can't just, help you. Me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, me? they're just shoving it in your face, and you're going, um, "Okay, I guess I'll learn this process." I guess I'm gonna be disappointed and uh, horrified by how little we make. <laughs> <laughs> I know like, that I was guess, that was eye opening. That shot. really is a moment when yes. you find out what your parents are reporting under taxes, like in depth, like asset wise, and you're like, "Oh, oh yeah. right, wow, right, we owe, right, we right. owe a lot." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things are dire. Like, I need to go to college. (laughs) I need to raise us up. (laughs) Like, it is so much pressure. Kudos to anyone who's out there going to college. Good luck. Um, I got those pals. I mean, like, I get it. But, like, truly, like, those three days without the computer and, like, for no reason, right? I'm not, it's not like I needed to do this. It's the same mentality I have. Scarcity mindset. And... Mm. That I just realized, like, yes, there's, there's a, 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 at least in 2022 and moving into the future, 
people need access to the internet, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, like mm-hmm. this digital divide. It is actually contributing. A pub- uh, yeah, internet should be a public service. And yes. Yeah, like a public, a public utility. Yes, like it should be a public utility. Electric or whatever. A hundred percent, along with like a phone or some sort of exactly. It's it, our new phone. Like, how are we yes. privatizing this? Still, it doesn't make sense. Um, that, but, that, was, that was my week. Okay. I was more radicalized, like in this way. <laughs> I'm glad you have a new computer and that you can record and also charge at the same time. What a life! <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling, body wise? Oh, I'm so fucking pregnant. You're Peter. so pregnant. Are you so annoyed? You're I'm done. So I'm done. You know, I, okay. I did my last show last week. I know. How's it been without it? I mean, you haven't had a computer, so this has been like a wacky week anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, truly. I mean, I think it's, I need to, I don't know. Like, can I ask you, what was it like when your, when your brother joined the family? Because you were like what? the same. Oh, you were, like, oh my the same little age. brother. Yeah. Um, I was seven. And when he was born, um... I was very jealous. I he was like everyone's favorite. He was so cute. He also was premature and he had some kind of blood disease thing happening. So like okay. my mom had to take him into the hospital like every week for like a year. Oh my so gosh. It was like it was hard. And yeah. I remember all the attention, good or bad, being yeah. on him. Because it was life or death, or he yeah. was like cute as hell, or whatever, you know. So sure. like, I remember being very jealous. And um, one day he was in the crib crying, and I was like cleaning up my toys in the room because we shared a room. Yeah. And um, well, there was only one room. It was one bedroom, and there was a four of us. So yeah, do the math. And um, I was cleaning up my corner of whatever. My mom like yells out from the kitchen, "Tonya Maga," and I was like, "Okay, coming." And she's like. Uh, and like clean up your toys, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I already am, you know, and I'm screaming like, you're, you know, when your mom tells you to do something, you're in the middle of it. You're just like so liv- livid. Yeah. So I, ju- I was like, oh, you want me to clean my toys? I'll clean my toys. And I put like all my toys in the crib, like <gasps> on top of my brother. And I oh remember getting in so much trouble. Anyway, so that that's how I felt when he came into the family. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> and ignored. <laughs> Do you remember, like, finally when you reconciled, like, his place in the family? Probably his tour. Probably his tour. Yeah. Yeah. When they had, like, the the one-year celebration, I was like, okay, I guess I have a brother. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's weird that, like, the... The first year of his life, we moved from Flushing to New Jersey because I'm my dad. And it I remember being completely just inundated with new school anxiety yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the third grade. And yeah. I had made my first girlfriend, Jeannie Ooh. Chang, in the okay. third grade. And we used to walk home together holding hands. Ah. And she told me um, that babies come from your donkumong. <laughs> and, and I, that started your lifelong obsession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, hmm, if the baby comes out of there, what goes in there? 
<laughs> um anyway, so I I think I was like overly inundated with that. How are you feeling about is Saul feeling like nervous he's or very, No, he's very excited. He really wants a sibling. That's great. Like he's Yes, he's like actively has always been. But like I just I guess in my mind there's just like I just don't see how this is going to fit. Like how this child is going to fit in our life. You know, like just not emotionally or space-wise, but just like time and you know what I mean? It's it's one of those things Well, where, the good the good yeah. thing is Solomon's in school. Yes. So when he's in school, you'll have time for the new one. And then when he's back, you'll have to be like, well, go play or go study because this baby needs me. So you're going to start ignoring a little bit. But <laughs> that's just how it goes. And you, older oppa has to like, you know, and he has to learn all the skills of putting someone else first and, you know, being the responsible older sibling and all the shit that I had to learn that I hated. Yeah. He's going to he's going to have to learn that. He's going to have to learn to like make space for someone else and maybe not everything is yours. And not everything has to be your way and there are new ways to compromise and Do you think you know, that is your trauma? <laughs> my brother being born. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um yeah, I might need to go back and work on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, I really was feeling like king of the castle. Yeah. Master of my domain. Uh-huh. Uh, until he came around, for sure. And I had to reconcile. And I've always kind of had, and I don't think Solomon will have this, but I was a latchkey kid. Both yeah. my parents worked. Sure. And... Um, so I had to take care of my brother a lot, which is something that in Korea, our parents and their generation did all the time as like a no brainer, Yeah. but they weren't living in Flushing Queens with cool friends who had souped up cars and you wanted to hang out with them and you wanted to go to pool halls and smoke cigarettes. Like you, maybe you did, but, and you didn't, but I resented being a responsible person. Right. And not everyone does that. Some people love the responsibility of having like someone to take care of and blah, blah. Sure. Like was not me, um, is not me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the burden, the burden of being responsible is something that does like. That's an older sibling thing that yeah. you never had. You never had no. to have. So that's actually like, I know there's like the sadness of being alone all the time or whatever, uh-huh. but like, but you get to be alone. <laughs> I love. At least everything's everything's yours. Your way. <laughs> I, I I understand like because the thing is my husband was was like uh, five was like almost six when his brother was born okay. and loved the responsibility loved uh. being able to like he took it on with. Um, like he was always really excited about it. Like he was like, yeah. oh yeah, all of a sudden I had a younger sibling that adored me and was mm. a captive audience mm. and was like, and found everything you did fascinating and fun. Mm. And yeah, like he took on the responsibility and did it with, um, 
Like he liked having that responsibility. He liked having a, a, a specific responsibility and role in the family that was clearly defined. That was not oh. just about him. You know, like he liked sharing the, the spotlight. And so it's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't him, understand that at all. Exactly. I don't, I wouldn't either. I don't think I would have either. Because that age is also very specific to like, I remember so much stuff from when I was five and six. Like that's the first, one of the first years where you start remembering everything. Yeah. 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 That's like, that. that's the time. That's like when you become truly online and a person person. Yeah. Not and you start like, like long-term recording stuff. Exactly. Versus yeah. like there are sort of phasey, fuzzy memories of like when you're three and four and five. Sure. Right. There's like sort of. Sort of. Or is it like the picture you saw of that age and then exactly. you like create, like stitched it together. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And your yeah. stories that have been reinforced by other people telling yes. you to kind yes. of remember it. Versus at six, this is your fucking memory. This yeah. is you and like you're recording it. Because that's like one of the first times I remember. Um, that's the first time I ever saw a penis was when I was six. <laughs> Whose was it? It was like some, uh, you know, like an unhoused person in an alley. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, my older cousin, we were taking a bath together. Or like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. my this was, God. This was fully a man. Oh, who I did not, I, I, And I didn't even realize that it was a penis until much later because I thought he was a hot dog. <laughs> I thought this man was warming up a hot dog. Yeah, and you were like, why is he putting ketchup on it? That's not how we... <laughs> That's not how Chicagoans do that. Get me that celery sauce. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I remember, I remember that stuff. I remember, like, the, my birthday party, I remember all that stuff. I remember. So, wait, how, what about you this week? What, what has been going on with you? So, um, I had a very interesting week. I took a week... Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, with That's right. Eric and his family, yet another family reunion. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are reuniting a lot. A lot, a lot, and this is the most I've seen any family, anyone's family, really. Um, and you know, it, it, it's actually kind of ni- nice because there's um four kids, four like um, like they range from four to like nine okay so my nieces and nephews and they're just like so fucking cute and they're like tiny little monkeys that like jump on me i like play airplane with them and you know i have fun with them i you know it's just like you know it's it's nice to have little kids around because it reminds me that like a things can be wonderful things are marvelous things yeah. are simple beautiful yes. you know like i get to see things and a lot of parents talk about that of like yes. a lot of the joy of having children is re-experiencing no yeah. um these things that you've kind of been hardened to or whatever so you get to like re live through their eyes and their experiences or whatever yeah. and you know I, I i understood that like uh, theoretically but experiencing it through like hanging out with these nieces and nephews a lot um it, it really is like it, it fills me in a way and i'm 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 very lucky to have um such 
you know, cool kids in my life. And I can't wait till like they fight with their parents and be like, Uncle PK, Uncle Eric, can we come stay with you guys in LA? Yes. I hate my parents. And I'm like, I hate them too. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I love them. But I, you know, I will tell them like, I'm on your side, you know? Yeah. So like, I, I want to be, I love Unless being about like, Ned Fulmer. Yeah. then we can't talk. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm very different than the rest of Eric's family, obviously, just racially, but also sure. personality-wise. And it's, I think for them, I have fun like them, like a kid. Sure. But their parents are very like Midwestern, you know, salt of the earth, like good people, but like they're not clowning. So like... <laughs> <laughs> like for example we took like a family photo or whatever and there's always that like cheese or whatever and then they're like do the fun one you know how yes. like everyone's like do the fun now a crazy one so i was like all right let's everyone um face down butt to the camera and like sh show our asses to the camera and like all the kids did it with me and all the parents are just like <laughs> sitting there like eh, smirking and i was like Okay, yeah, like they get me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it feels nice to be like understood. <laughs> so I, it was really, really nice. And, um, you know, th there was like little things that are annoying just being around anyone for a week. Um, so, but like, Where, this, were, you, were you guys at like a compound or like a hotel or? We, they, the parents rented a house. Okay. Like a big ass house with like big back. It's like a party house you rent where it's like okay, cool. pool tables, big gigantic pool, diving board, hot tub, you know, cornhole area. For sure. Fucking ping pong area, like a big yes. ass kitchen, yes. you know, whatever. All these different areas to hang out. So like we never had to leave because we were just like pooling it all day. And also when, when I did want to leave, we could just leave. And me and Eric could go like antiquing or whatever and then like come back and do our own lunch and so it was very sure. like diy but the whole family kind of like doing stuff together there was a uh the only two things that the parents demanded we did together was um home movie night where they showed us like digitized version of home movies uh, which was really oh, cute. That's so cute. It was really, really cute. And it was like, I got to see Eric as a five-year-old kid, like four-year-old kid, like just like, oh and he, he looks just like one of our nephews. And we're like, oh my God, they talk the same too. So like, it was cool to see yeah. how generationally the DNA is, you know, in the family. And undeniable. Undeniable. And the second thing that they wanted was um, a talent show, family talent show. Oh my God, this so, is so cute. <laughs> it's like super like, Midwestern Minneapolis cute and um, but no, I mean like a talent show, I mean like it's like they're like talented people so there's like actual things you know what I mean to like well highlight. yeah yeah exactly but yeah. some like, some people like family could do this well the kids like not all the kids did like a cool thing like everyone like was doing something like random and fun like it wasn't like for example one of the couples, they did like, you know, that improv game where like one person tells a story and one person puts their arms through like the sleeves and okay, are the yeah, hands yeah. of the person yeah. and like have to like justify why things are happening. Yeah. You know, like they did that, you know, and it was it was like really cute. And the the dad got up and did like a, an old like fucking like 
dad jokey kind of story to like okay. start off the thing and it was it was cute and um avery the one of the nieces did gymnastics like she's like gonna be a pro like she's so good and she did like <laughs> flips and flops and dives wow. and it was crazy and eric and i wrote a song to um you know that song my, my, my sharona yeah yeah so we were like, we were in Arizona. So we we're like, let's make a tagline song and called it in Arizona. So, so oh, yeah. we like made the verses about like what happened on trip and oh. l- little jokes and yeah. called out everyone's, you know, little inside jokes and blah, blah. And we like made and Eric played the electric guitar and I sang and, it, you know, like it was like a cute little thing. Yes. You could do anything really, but like sure. whatever. So it was really fun, nice family time. Uh, I'm glad bla- I'm back. I'm glad that I'm back and ready to get to work uh, because I do. I did kick off on two pilots this week while Whoa. I was in Arizona. I I was like taking meetings. I was like, hey, I have to go take this meeting. So like, it was actually busy, but I was in Arizona busy. So okay. it was kind of weird. It, it was like a hybrid thing. But I did kick off on my uh, pilots, which I, you know, we have been saying we're going to be getting into work mode um, yes. this this uh, fall and winter, and I'm excited about it. I'm very happy that we're getting started, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot of work to do, but it's like fun work. So that's cool. The coolest thing that happened this week was um, my friend Nalini. <clears throat> She's like a woo-woo actress, um, clown girl here. One of my best friends out here. She um, saw a psychic and loved her um, and gave me her through Zoom. Okay. And um, her name is Liz, and she's um, a psychic in Scotland. And okay. I, uh, I, a Scottish psychic. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, I, I, I had never seen anyone through Zoom, so I was very <laughs> interested. But she, you yeah. know, Nalini said she was like very specific and blah blah. So we got, um, I, I scheduled something with her. She canceled on me twice. The first time she had, she got COVID. Oh no! And the second time she got hospitalized because of this COVID. Oh my god! So it was. I was like, kind of like, oh shit, like this has been like few, four or five weeks now. Like maybe I'll just like, whatever. This is a sign that it's not going to happen. Sure. And um, <clears throat> she came back to me and she was like, okay, let's put this date on the time. And this time I'll give you 30 minutes free. And I wow. was like, okay. And she was like, for your trouble. And I was like, all right, you know, I love a 30 minute free reading, of course. Yeah. So I put on the cow, we meet. And she starts going in and I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm writing things down and I'm like revelations and wow, this is really a huge, you know, you know, a a chip off my shoulders. And like, I'm having a really like great experience. It's going to minute 40 and I'm like, is she going to wrap this up? And she does. And she's like, ask me more. What else do you want? What else do you want? And I'm like, okay. And then we get to an hour and I'm like, okay, we're at an hour and you said 30 minutes free. Yeah. How do I pay you for? Yeah. I I, lo- I love this. How do I pay you? And she was like, I I love doing it. Just pay it forward. And I was like, what? 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 And she was like, Yeah, it was my pleasure to read for you. And I was like, Oh, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> so I got an hour free reading. 
From this Scottish psychic. From this Scottish psychic, and who was so adorable. She said she started. She's like this older woman who said like quaint things like, "Oh, he's happy as Larry." <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah. He's a Larry. That's cute. <laughs> Who's Larry, and why he's so happy? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had a wonderful reading, and um, I'm I can't wait to tell you all about it in our Patreon. Yes. Yeah. But um, it was exciting, and uh, yeah, I felt I felt good. Oh my god, I feel good. And she, yeah, I'll tell you one bit that is going to, uh, I, I guess, like close this thing out is yeah. Um, the last thing I asked was about my dad. Yeah. Who 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 passed in 2014, and I had a very contentious relationship with, and at his funeral, at his open casket, you know, like I kind of had this moment where I, I I let go and I was like, listen, um, maybe in the next life we can come back and try to be kinder to each other. And um, since then, and since 2014, which was eight years ago, I, I have been doing a lot of work. <clears throat> uh, you know, um, therapy, drugs, otherwise, talking to you and screaming, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work with the like acute trauma between me and my dad. And this is like real trauma, you know, yes. like, like real, real. And, um, I, 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 I feel like I've been doing the work and I wanted to ask her like, how do I like clear this like karmic cycle between me and my dad? And she goes, well, it looks like uh, there has been a lot of abuse, and um, I know you don't want to hear this, but it's almost not his fault. And I was like, okay. Wow. And he was like, she was like, he was severely abused and not loved. His father was severely abused and not loved. Yeah. This is like generational. Yeah. And your father and you, um, the way karma works is that when you decide to reincarnate, when will come back, you, you come back as a pair and you've been coming back as a pair for a while and <gasps> because you've been trying to fix it fix it in different iterations and what you have to understand oh, I chills <laughs> yeah yeah and I was like and I inside I knew that because I said that out loud at his funeral I was like if we ever come back again like let's be kinder to each other and she was like you've been coming back for a while and what you have to understand is you keep agreeing to coming back to trying to fix it. But you have to understand that you have the power to stop coming back. You can just let go. And you feel like you have to fix it, but you don't. That's his karma. That's not yours. So she gave, She was like, you have to, like, there's a Hawaiian prayer of forgiveness. And she like wrote it down for me. And like, yeah. she was like, um, you have to say this and this will free you of your like joint like intention to fix this. Like you don't have to just you like don't have to. You don't have to reply immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be compulsive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, wait, are you serious? I'm. I just booked tickets to go to Hawaii for Christmas. And she was like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. 
are you a fire sign? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, Hawaii, especially Maui, is a very fiery energy. And you're you're going to have to go to Hawaii and say this prayer and you will be free of this. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I told my mom, I, I booked a place. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be doing some writing over there. So I was like, yeah. let me just work for a few days on my own and do some cleansing. Yeah. And then you could come join me for like some festivities afterwards. So that's what we're planning to do. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I know. The psychic really like turned my ass out. And um and yeah, you love, anyway. And you love your and you love butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, um that's it for this week. Unfortunately, because I have to run, I'm going to a 7-hour play. I know. Fucking what? kill me. Yeah. Unsubscribe. <laughs> market flag as spam i know my friends in this like gigantic play that like it's like the this it it just eras angels in america okay um, with like way less aids i guess or whatever but like it's what do you mean, way less like that's what all the angels are there for no 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 i know but like it, it's not about aids now because it's not as much of an epidemic it's about okay. it's about like uh, gay, being homosexual, queer, in in today, and it's like the play of our time or whatever. So it's in two parts, like *Angels of America*. You know how it's like yeah. you come one night, you come the second night. Yeah. But tonight's um, opening night, so we're doing it all day. So we're going at one, and then the f part one is three and a half hours with two intermissions, and then they're giving us a dinner, and then we're going back for part two, which is three and a half hours, two intermissions. <laughs> and then there's an after party. So, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you gotta go. You I gotta, gotta go. go. I gotta, you gotta go. go get depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, anyway, I love you. We love you guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for okay. listening. Bye. Bye.